and good morning. Good to see everybody. Welcome to Connect Church. If you're new with us, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor. So glad to have you here. Um, can we just uh, pray for just a second as we get into God's Word here? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much uh, for your love for us. I thank you for this chance that we get to, to come together today, Lord, on the last day of the year as we're uh, seeing a year go out and, and we get to, to be together to see a new year come in. And so, Father, I pray that your spirit would just continue to move through this place as it already has. Father, I pray that you would continue to speak to us now as we look to your word, as we look to your example and how we can serve others better for you as we move into 2024 together. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, December 31st, 2024, one year from now, one year from right now, I want you to think about that for a minute. One year from now, December 31st, 2024, what will your life look like? What will your life look like? What will you be able to say that 2024 was the year of? 2024 was the year of maybe a new job, new relationship, a new member of the family, maybe a newfound purpose, stronger relationship with the Lord than it is today, hopefully. That's everybody's goal. Or same old job, same old stuff, just different day, right? Same problems, more problems, nothing different about your walk with Jesus. I don't think anybody has those goals for one year from now. But what will, we, what will be different? What will be the same? See, God never called us to always do things the same. He never called us to always do things the same. The phrase, that's how we've always done it, should never be in our vocabulary as followers of Jesus. Especially when it comes to our, our growth. If we're trying to grow and we're trying to move forward in our faith, Yes, consistency in our faith and, and in the faith principles of God matter, 100%. Those things matter. But as I like to say, the, the methods change, but the, myth, the mission does not. The mission will never change. But the methods must continue to change and must continue to move forward. And I believe goals are important. I believe goals are, are an important thing to have and that planning is a godly way to live. You see those principles throughout the word. Because if you aim for nothing or you aim for the same old thing, you're gonna hit exactly what you're aiming for every single time. So let me ask it a different way. I want you to think about this. What's on your playlist? What's on your playlist? When you think about the word playlist, um, a playlist, at least in, in the context in which we know of it today in 2023, 2024, a, a list of songs or music that's customized by you for your preferences, your likes, your style. When we think of a playlist, that's what we think of. Like, what's the playlist that you have on your phone? Probably pretty surprising to some people. If I were to look at some of your playlists, there, there might be some things on there that would surprise me, and some of mine would probably surprise you, no doubt. Yeah, there are some obvious. There is the Star Wars soundtrack and the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. You'll find those on my playlist. Sorry, not sorry, but 
Uh, you won't find country music. Not sorry about that either. Can I get an amen? Um, you never will find country music on a playlist of J's. Sorry, I just divided the room right there. The, half of you are like, I hate this guy now. Um, but sorry. Um, author John Acuff, um, he wrote a book called Soundtracks. And in it, he talks about the importance of how our mind uh, shapes our focus in our actions. And, and he really equates this to a type of playlist that we set up in our minds about what we hope to accomplish. Um, so what's on your playlist for 2024? What's on your playlist for 2024? Even better, what's on your playlist in your walk with God for 2024? Are aspects of God's character on your playlist? Who he is and how, how he is that helps shape who we are and how we are and how we treat others? Or, or do we have just a wish list of the things that we want from God on our playlist? And our relationship with Jesus is if, if we don't focus on his character and who he is, then what's going to shape us? Well, it's the other kinds of things that we put on that playlist because we should want to be more like him every single day. We should want to be more like Jesus every single day. And we're going to emulate the decisions that Jesus makes if we take more of his character and put that more onto the playlist or the soundtrack of our life. So what is on the soundtrack of your life? The playlist in your life. John Acuff says this. This is a bit of a long quote, but I want you to listen to it. it. Says the playlist you unknowingly curate during your life makes for an interesting dinner party conversation, but music is only one small part of a much bigger story. Your thoughts are the internal soundtracks you listen to, even more than your favorite song. Over the years, you've built a soundtrack about your career. You have a soundtrack for all of your relationships. You have a soundtrack that you believe about your hopes, about your dreams, about your goals, and every other aspect of your life. If you listen to any thought long enough, it becomes part of your personal playlist. If you listen to any thought long enough, it becomes part of your personal playlist. This is from a book that John wrote called Soundtracks, A Surprising Solution to Overthinking. Any overthinkers here? Yeah, same. Right? Like, I, I feel this quote, like, deep in my soul. So what are we listening to? What thoughts are we truly listening to? More specifically, whose thoughts are we listening to? And how does that affect or infect your character? Meaning, like, who you really are. John has a video series on Right Now Media called Soundtracks. Um, and I would highly encourage you to watch it if this is something that speaks to you, this idea of soundtracks. Uh, and right now, media is something on the, on the next slide here. You can scan this QR code and you can get free access to right now media. If you don't already have um, a subscription to it, this is something we offer free at Connect Church. And it's in, in a lot of ways, it's the Netflix of Bible studies and devotionals. There's over 20,000 different um, Bible studies and devotionals and, and stuff that you can, that you can watch for 100% free. There's a whole kids area. There's awesome stuff 
on there. And this series on there uh, called Soundtracks is something that I've watched and, and really got a lot out of it. Uh, it's a really good series. And so if you don't have an account or you haven't signed up for an account, you can either scan this now and do that, or you can jump on our website and you can hit the next steps button at the bottom left of our website, of our new website there. Um, and you can find a, a way to get your free Right Now Media access uh, right there. And after you've done that, I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 13, because that's where we're going to be today. Or you can follow along in the Bible app uh, for free as well. We're going to be in John chapter 13, and as you're turning there or scrolling there uh, in your Bibles, we're going to be looking at, um, at a story today that's known as the Last Supper. The Last Supper um, is, uh, is the last time Jesus spent time with his disciples. Because the very next day, a page was turned. And these were the last moments with his disciples before the crucifixion. And Jesus chose in this moment, as he's spending time with his disciples, he could have done it any way that he wanted. He could have utilized this time any way that he wanted. And instead, he chose to set the soundtrack for the rest of their lives in this upper room in these last moments. John chapter 13, I'm going to be getting, beginning at the beginning of the chapter. In verse 1, it says this, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So the stage is set here. The stage is set, his hour had come, and he knew it. And he was living his life in anticipation for this moment. Jesus knew this moment was coming. And he was protected in a very real way until this moment. And I don't know if you've thought about it this way. But Jesus knew that this time was going to come where the Father's hand was going to be kind of lifted off of him. And up, and, up until this moment, he basically had, in many ways, carte blanche to kind of do what he wanted. Because he knew that there was a specific hour, a specific time that this moment was going to come with, with what was going to be happening because in 24 hours or so, he was going to be living out his full purpose. Everything was going to change. A new era of the church was going to happen. And knowing that, Jesus chooses to teach and show his disciples a lesson and prepares them by serving them. Again, he could have done anything he wanted and instead, he chooses to serve them. Let's go to verse 2. It says, Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come, come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. So Jesus, the master, takes the role of the servant, begins washing their feet. The night before he was about to be tortured and die, who's he thinking about? Others. He's thinking about others. He's shaping the soundtrack of his followers with a playlist that they would never forget. 
Jesus knew everything that was coming. As it, as it just said there, the Father had given everything into his hands, meaning he knew all that was about to happen. And this meal was not at a, at a table and chairs like we would think of. It was probably a, a U-shaped table that was closer to the ground and everybody was sitting on pillows. Generally, that's how it was. A formal meal in the day was not started until everyone's feet had been cleaned, right? Clean feet. If we're sitting close to the ground and I'm sitting at a table and your dirty, nasty feet are right there next to my food, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's wearing sandals and walking through whatever is out in the street as we're coming in. Like, I don't want nasty stuff from your feet flicking onto the bread on the table or whatever. You know what I mean? At the same time, every place that was like this had a servant who would wash people's feet as they came in to get everyone prepared for dinner. Well, there was no servant to be found at this particular meal. And none of the disciples decided to do it. None of them stepped up because if they did, they knew that like, well, if I wash one person's feet, I'm gonna have to wash everybody's. And that ain't gonna be me. I'm about to wash all, all these other people's feet. I'm gonna do my best to sit as close to Jesus as I can because the closer I sit to Jesus, the more important I am. So I wanna make sure that I'm jockeying for position so that I look good during this meal and somebody else can wash my feet. And Jesus is like, I'll do it. So Jesus does it, and he acts out a parable of servant leadership that they would never forget. And so as we start this new year, this new year of our lives, we should be asking ourselves the opposite of what the disciples were asking in this moment. We should be asking, how can I serve others better in Jesus' name? How can I serve others better in Jesus' name? How, not how can I be served better, how can I serve others? We need to follow the example that Jesus puts out here for them as well as for us to put ourselves aside for the sake of others. Are, are we willing to do the gross, dirty jobs that even no one sees or expects is getting done? A godly leader is gonna do the little annoying things, the inconvenient things, the messy things, the servant's job. The things that somebody else will hopefully do so that I don't waste my time because I don't want to demean myself. But they won't complain. They won't grumble quietly to others about it. And you know what? All of us as followers of Jesus, we're all called to be leaders. We're all called to be leaders. So we're all called to be servant leaders. Or is some of this stuff just beneath you? because none of it was beneath Jesus. Let's go to verse six. Came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you don't realize now, but afterward, you will understand. You'll never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Yikes. That's pretty rough. For Peter to hear that, that's, that's pretty rough. You have no part with me if you don't let me do this. See, Peter had to accept this from Jesus. And this became a pattern for us to really see and look at because if we don't accept the humble service of Jesus to cleanse us, then we have no part with him. 
So you need to understand something about what Peter was, was saying here. Let's put some things in perspective for a second. Peter preached the good news of the kingdom, cast out demons in Jesus' name, yet he still needed his feet washed. He was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and saw his glorified form. He saw Moses and Elijah there with him, was one of the few people to experience that ever, yet he still needed his feet washed. He walked on the water with Jesus, yet he still needed his feet washed. Church, listen, we all need our feet washed. We all need to have our feet washed. We should all be very grateful that Jesus didn't say, if you don't have a superb level of holiness, then you have no part with me. We should all be really happy. He didn't say, if you're not a Bible expert, you have no part with me. We should all be ecstatic. He didn't say, if your music isn't exactly the kind of music I think you should worship to, you have no part with me. See, having part with Jesus means that we're receiving something from him, not achieving something for ourselves. Also shows us that the literal foot washing was not so important. Judas had his feet literally washed, yet he had no part with Jesus because Judas didn't let Jesus wash him in the sense that Jesus really meant here. See, it's not the area of the skin being washed that matters, but the acceptance of Jesus' service for us. Jesus understood that his purpose was tied to completing the will of the Father, and that influenced his actions. His purpose was tied to the will of the Father. See, what we spend our time doing while we're here on earth should always point back to the will of the Father in our lives. Jesus worked as though he reported only to the Father alone because he did. He did. Nothing was going to sidetrack him. Nothing. Jesus must be committed to the Father. And Jesus' disciples must be willing to submit themselves to the leading of Jesus in their lives or we're not really following Jesus, are we? Here's the additional example of Jesus' actions. Washing the feet points to his willingness to be humble and to humble himself to accomplish the will of God and to be an example to others. And Paul understood this example later on. He, he understood the example that Jesus was showing here. And, and, and years later, he wrote about it in Philippians chapter 2. He said, "...in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus." who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus became obedient to the Father in every aspect this was a part of the soundtrack of Paul. This was part of Paul's soundtrack going through his head because it was from the playlist of Jesus. P. 
Peter was so fixated on the social implications of Jesus washing his feet that he couldn't see the spiritual implications of pushing back on it. See, we all need our feet washed. We should look at our lives and we should be asking the question, how is God accomplishing his will through me? Because God has a will for your life and for mine. You wouldn't be here. And I don't just mean here at church today or watching online. I mean like existing on earth. If God didn't have a will and a purpose for your life, you wouldn't be here. He's got something for you to do. He has a will and a purpose for your life. And we see that Jesus wasn't willing to allow the desires of other people, Judas and Peter in this particular case, to keep him from bringing honor to the Father. And the same should be true for every follower of Jesus who regularly looks at his or her life and says, is the Father influencing this or not? Is God influencing this decision I'm making in my life or this decision I'm making in my life? And if he's not, then should I be making that decision or this decision? You know, as church leadership, we should, and we do, ask these kinds of questions often, which is why we look at metrics often. But probably not metrics in the same way that you're thinking, because we need to look at metrics so that we know how we're doing. How are we doing as a church, right? We need to measure, but we need to measure and we need to look at numbers that matter for the kingdom. Not just bodies in the room and dollars in the bank, because quite frankly, if, if that's the goal, then we're not a church, we're an entertainment venue. Let me say that again. If all we care about is butts in the seats and bucks in the bank, we're an entertainment venue, we're not a church. That's just the truth. So, how is Jesus accomplishing his will through us as a church? Those are our measurements we need to look at. And to answer that, I want to look at a metric that is actually a broad metric, but it's something that, that I look at that I would consider the most important metric for us to look at, and it's simply this. Next steps. Next steps. Are people taking next steps in their faith? That's what I mean by this. An action step in their faith, involvement, ownership in the mission. When someone volunteers and joins the dream team, that's a next step. When someone attends a life group, that's a next step. When someone gets baptized, that's a next step. When someone becomes a member, that's a next step. When someone gives toward the mission, that is a next step. You being here right now at church, that's a next step. You chose to take that next step in your faith today. That's a next step. You being here today, you turning on the live stream today is a next step in your faith. So that's why the button on the bottom left of our new website actually says next steps because any and every next step that you can take with us here at Connect Church can be found right there. At least I hope so. And if not, let me know and we'll put it there. So let's take a look for a minute at 2023. What are some next steps that were taken in 2023 so that we can see the spiritual health of, of our church. This year we saw 12 spiritual decisions, meaning salvations or rededications. Saw 23 people baptized. We saw 10 students who went on a missions trip to Memphis. 18 people went on a missions trip to Guatemala, our first adult missions trip. We also had 33 people added to the membership of the church. 
God's moving in exciting ways. These, these are metrics that matter, y'all. These are metrics that matter for the kingdom. We're praying and planning for more as we move into 2024, for sure. In this first full year of having the multi-purpose building over there, it was such a huge blessing. It's such an incredible resource to be used for kingdom work. The Easter basket giveaway, the back-to-school bash, as well as trunk or treat, which didn't get listed on there, is um, we saw over 500-plus families reached through that. Four different families in our community helped with the giving tree this past year. 100-plus kids and 80 volunteers at VBS. Um, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. These are next steps and metrics that matter. And all of these next steps, by the way, and these aren't all the things that we measured. These are just some of the highlights. Um, all of these next steps involve serving in some way, shape, or form. I want you to notice that. There is a serving aspect to every one of these in some way, shape, or form. These are steps being taken that benefit the kingdom of God, and more next steps are what we're all about in 2024. And these are the next steps that you look at to see, is your church a healthy church? Healthy church spiritually moving forward. And you may notice, none of these have to do with Sunday morning attendance or how many dollars are in the bank. Because if we're doing all of the next steps right, if we're really focusing on next steps spiritually as a church, those things will take care of themselves. And it's incredible to think that on March 3rd in 2024, we're gonna be celebrating five years of Connect Church on March 3rd. Isn't that crazy? But these are metrics that matter. These are metrics that should bring you joy at the end of the year and go, look what God's done. Look what God has done and look what God is doing and we're praying for more and more of those as we move forward. The goal for Jesus and his disciples is his goal for each and every one of us and it is simply this, more next steps in our faith. More next steps in our faith. That's the goal for 2024. For us to see more people take more next steps in their faith. And it's a step of obedience. Every step we take is a step toward being more like him. It's a step of obedience. Even just one step, one day, once a week, is a step forward. It means it's progress. Let's keep reading. Verse 12 says, When Jesus had washed their feet, put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. See, Jesus' act of service points to the will of God and the expectations of those who claim to follow Jesus. The things we want in our life, we have to sift through the filter of serving. Serving other people as a sign of how God has, is, is serving through us. Because God wants to use you to serve others around him. Or around you, I mean. You know, sometimes we confuse working for Jesus and walking with Jesus. 
Think about that for a minute. We confuse working for Jesus and walking with. We think they're the same thing, and they're not. Jesus never wanted us to work for him. He doesn't need our help. He wants us to walk with him, and he uses us. Too many times our lives are the outflow of punching the clock and completing a daily task list. We can lose sight of the value of service of others in the name of Jesus. We need more leaders. We need more people to step up and live by the example of what can I do for you as opposed to what can you do for me? Jesus, their Lord, their teacher, has washed the disciples' feet in an unthinkable act. There is every reason that they should also wash each other's feet and no reason for them to refuse to do so. Jesus says, I've set an example for you. I've set an example for you that that you should do as I have done for you. So let me ask you this question. How are you using your towel? How are you using your towel? You know, towels, towels can be used for a lot of different things, right? For drying, cleaning up, wiping, whatever. Towels can be used for cheering. Notice it's not yellow. And it won't be. Um, can also be used for like snapping people, like Christian. <laughs> but you know what else it can be used for? You know what Jesus used his towel for? For this. For serving. This is the posture of a follower of Jesus. A towel of a servant. We all know what this means. Somebody that's there to wait on you hand and foot. This is the posture of a follower of Jesus. All of our plans, all of our tasks, all of our next steps have to come back to the essential message of obedience to Jesus. And, and Jesus is saying, very simply, for us to be obedient to him, we need to take the posture of a servant, that we need to take the towel that we all have metaphorically and physically and literally by the end of the day and drape it over your arm a little more like this and use it a little more like this and a little less like this. That's the posture of a servant. That's what we should be doing with our towel. Jesus' example of being a servant was something that he literally showed physically. And that became the soundtrack for his followers for the rest of their life. And it's critical for us if we're gonna be followers of him. So what if for 2024, instead of setting some lofty goal that's a New Year's resolution that you end up falling off by February, like most people? What if it was something very simple and it was just simply this, in 2024, I'm going to take a next step of obedience in my walk with Jesus. And I'm going to take the towel that I have and I'm going to use that to be a servant. And I'm going to serve people 
and I'm gonna serve others and I'm not gonna think about myself first. I'm gonna think about others first. And I'm gonna use that as the posture that I walk into every room with, that I walk into every situation with and say, Lord, I just wanna be obedient to serve the way in which you want me to serve. And I wanna take a next step in exactly the way you want me to take a next step. Let's do our best to do what he says that we should do and nothing more and nothing less. To connect to him, to connect our community to him through serving, which will connect others to him, which is our purpose. Christ, community, and purpose. Loving God and loving others. That is the greatest command. So the connection point for the end of the year and the beginning of the next is that obedience is our responsibility and the results are up to God. See, obedience is your responsibility, and whatever that means, I believe it takes the posture of a servant. The results are up to him. What if we just simplified it and said, 2024, one year from now, I want to look back and I want to say that I did my best to be obedient to the Lord. It's as simple as that. 2024, I did my best to be obedient to the Lord and look at what he's done. December 31st, 2024, I can look back and say I was obedient to the Lord as best as I could this past year and look at what God's done. And so as we head into another year, let's be able to say that, to be able to say, Lord, I wanna be the branch I want to be the branch that reaches out as I do my best to stay connected to you who is the vine. Not look what we did. Not look at the numbers and the metrics of what we did. But God, look at what you've done just simply through an act of a church who's being obedient. Let's be obedient. Will you bow your heads with me? You know, as we wrap up this year together, as we look at this idea together of one year from now, I really hope that we all take this charge seriously. That we take this idea of being obedient seriously. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to just applaud you for taking a next step and being here today or turning on the live stream today because that takes a lot of courage to come to church. You had to actually go out of your way and get ready on a day off, on a weekend off, a holiday weekend to to come and gather together and to worship. And that's a, a next step to be celebrated. But maybe that next step in your faith, that next step in your walk needs to actually be surrendering and putting your faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone for salvation. If you're not sure that you're going to be spending eternity with him, I want to ask you today if today could be the day that you make that choice. What a way to end the year and and an amazing way to start a new one. To know for sure that you're going to be with him in heaven. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you. If you want to know more about that, you can come see us at the orange wall. Come find one of us after the service. Or you can just pray and cry out to the Lord right now where you are. You can just say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. 
God, I need you to save me. There's nothing I can do to save myself. Come into my life. Be my savior. Put it in your own words. If you know for sure that you're going to be with him one day, I want to challenge you one more time to make 2024 the year of obedience for you. To be obedient as a servant. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your love for us. Jesus, I pray that as we take this time now to to sing and and respond and and your Holy Spirit continues to move, God, I pray that you would move powerfully through this place. God, I believe some of us here need to make some tough decisions about where we are with you, maybe where we're not. Need to plant our flag and say that 2024 is going to be the year that we're obedient. Holy Spirit, I pray you just continue to move through this.